0: Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse humiliate and manipulate you and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence how to survive a divorce with a narcissist is a deep dive a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch scare tactics roller coaster ride and child's play It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist, brought to you in part by psychcentral.com. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond.
1: Hi, and welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about how narcissists keep you from grieving. I know that sounds like a very interesting title and you may be wondering, is that really a thing? But bear with me and listen to this story because I have actually heard about this more than one time from a client. And so I want to talk about Margie, um, who was very devastated when her mom had passed away. Her mom was diagnosed with cancer one month and then literally was gone the very next. She had a really close relationship with her mom and frequently leaned on her for support um, for just about everything, her marriage, parenting her kids, And balancing her family and work so the loss of her mom left this ginormous hole in her heart and she tried to grieve but she couldn't for some reason the day of her mom's funeral her husband complained about being sick and asked margie to go to the pharmacy for him his sickness then prevented him from helping her to get the kids ready Uh, straightening up the house and answering phone calls from relatives. The one day she wanted to spend celebrating her mom was overshadowed by his neediness and refusal to assist her in any way. When her friends would express remorse for Margie's loss, her husband would interrupt and talked about how much he was going to miss her. She tried to even get away from her husband but she would find but he would find her and talk about how bad she he was feeling. There was absolutely no show of empathy for her. Years later, during a counseling session, Margie's therapist pointed out that she had not yet grieved for her mother. Within months of losing her mom her husband got a job change and move the family from Margie's childhood neighborhood. Margie was thrust into doing all of the arrangements for the move, finding a new, new place, transferring school records, and establishing their new residence. After that, there was one thing after another, and all of that kept Margie from taking any time to grieve over her mom. Worse yet, every time she tried, her husband would make things about him, And it wasn't until counseling that Margie realized just how narcissistic he was. So while the narcissism alone is very difficult to manage, Margie had not realized how he had actually prevented her from grieving her mom. Looking back over their marriage, there were times when Margie had significant emotional responses such as joy, anger, excitement, fear, contentment, and sadness, but she never felt the freedom to actually express herself. As a result, she shut down emotionally and appeared in therapy with a very flat affect. So how in the world did this happen? Well, we're going to come we're going to review four different ways that this actually happened to Margie so that you can see this more clearly. First of all, let's start with narcissism. The narcissism mask. At the heart of every narcissist is a deep-rooted insecurity. Their grandiosity, superiority, arrogance, and selfishness make up the mask the narcissist puts on to hide their pain or fear. This mask makes the narcissist look perfect, charming, engaging, and even entertaining. But it's a facade, and they will do whatever it takes to protect it, including lying, deceiving, manipulating, and taking advantage of others. However, their insecurity prevents them from caring for their mask alone. Therefore, they need help from others to keep the mask in place the only help they want is daily attention, affirmation, adoration, and affection. This feeds their ego, protects the insecurity, and solidifies the mask. Okay, so let's start with the groundwork that her husband had, this narcissism mask. Let's talk about the narcissistic threat next. Any event circumstance, trauma, or even abuse that could detract the narcissist from getting their feeding is a threat to them. When their spouse has arranged for a gathering of friends, the narcissist will often throw temper tantrums just before leaving. Knowing they will not be the center of attention at the event, they draw attention to themselves prior to the event. Even though the narcissist has a wonderful time at the event and finds ways to absorb attention, they still repeat this pattern the next time. This is especially true when the event is about their spouse, such as a funeral, an award ceremony, or an office function. So the threat to Margie's husband was actually the death of her mother because the attention would be on Margie and not on him. So that's the narcissistic threat. Let's talk about the narcissistic cycle. Any attempts to call the narcissist's attention towards their selfish behavior will be met with quick abuse, such as a verbal assault of name calling, "You're a," uh, and then fill in the blank, a threat of ab- abandonment, fine, you can just go without me, or even the silent treatment, I'm not going to say anything. When their spouse fights back, the narcissist becomes the victim and guilts the spouse into apologizing, acquiescing, and accepting responsibility for the narcissist's behavior. This is sometimes repeated numerous times before an event. Think of it as like a rapid fire. It is an abusive pattern designed to remind the spouse that no matter what happens during the event, it is still all about the narcissist. So they're getting the attention, the cycle beforehand, to make sure that everything stays all about them. That's the narcissistic cycle. Now let's look at the result. The result is the spouse shuts down. After numerous cycles before, during, and even after event, the spouse concludes that it's better not to express any emotion or even tell their spouse about achievements or successes. Because the narcissist treats all events with the same resistance, drama, and abuse cycle, the spouse just stops engaging. This is where the marriage begins to fall apart as the spouse becomes a shell of their former selves, totally unrecognizable to anybody, including friends and family. The narcissist has successfully molded a mask for the spouse to wear so that they too can share in this facade. So having someone join them in mask wearing is comforting at first, but ultimately becomes a new source of jealousy for the narcissist. And so it begins with yet another cycle. So that's what it looks like. That's how the narcissist prevents you from actually grieving. They go through this. They have this mask that they put on. They see the funeral as a threat They do their narcissistic cycle to minimize you and not let you make it feel, not allow you to feel any pain or to be able to experience the comfort or empathy of other people who are really trying to be there for you. And the result is you wind up shutting down completely and totally, unavailable, unable to be able to engage with others. And so that's what happened with Margie. She finally got it. She started to see the cycle and she started ignoring his threats, calling out his abuse and refusing to accept his responsibility. More importantly, she began the grieving process of her mom's death from the move out of her childhood neighborhood and the realization that her husband was narcissistic. It took some time to process all of this, but as she did, she got stronger and stronger. Eventually, her strength became unattractive to her husband, who moved on to a new relationship and then filed for divorce. He did that mostly because she was no longer willing to have a mask on, and she was no longer willing to allow him to absorb all of the energy for things that she had accomplished or done, and especially for the grieving. It is really important that if you have been in a relationship with a narcissist for a long time, that you take a moment to stop and see if this doesn't apply to you. I think you might find that that is exactly what has gone on, that you haven't been allowed to grieve properly. That grief stays stirred up inside of you sometimes for years, and eventually it does come out. It can come out and sneak out in the form of depression later on, anxiety, fears, Any one of a number of destructive behaviors, such as alcoholism, overspending, overeating, anything of the sort, because you weren't allowed to grieve during the time you needed to. You've just been burying all of that. So please, I would strongly encourage you, if you find yourself in that situation, to take some time and actually grieve for your losses. Write it out. Write a letter to the person that has deceased, say goodbye to them, and walk through the five stages of grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. It's really important that you use this time to also seek out some counseling from a professional therapist so that you can get the help that you need and you can actually process your grief in a healthy manner. Don't let the narcissist steal that away from you. The person that you lost was valuable, and you have every right to grieve them, and you should.
0: Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit GrowWithChristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.